Welcome to the show. It's your boy Lewis, and it's your boy Gibby. What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Uh, I'd like to start by uh, wishing uh, Gibby a belated happy birthday. Yes, I'm an old man. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, how you feeling? Feeling old, man. Feeling good. You're feeling old but good. Yeah. Hey, old is good. Yes. Young is bad. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so anything interesting happened this week or what? No? No, not at all. Nothing to you? No? No. Nope. Didn't do nothing good What about yet? you? Mm, no. Um, <laughs> Barring lives. Yeah, before we start, uh, Mark Savard retired. Yes. That's a little bit, uh, yeah, so, hey man, it's sad how he went out. Guy could have been the really good player. Yeah, well, he he still is, and what an amazing playmaker that guy was. Marks of art, so I hope he finds peace in his retirement. Um, Kickstarted Phil the Thrill. Yeah, yeah, no, and he, he was good. And, you know, and I, I didn't like him when he played for the Bruins because he was kind of like that in-your-face, pesty guy, but a really good player, so usually mm-hmm. you hate the good ones. Um, Red Fisher. Yeah. Great journalist. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, you know, there's some good, uh, couple, some good audio clips of him on TSN 690 if you guys mm-hmm. go check it out. And, I mean, you can read some of his stuff all over the internet. So, R.I.P. to Red Fisher. Guy's a legend. Legend. And uh, XFL coming back. Really? I didn't see that. <laughs> you didn't see that? Oh, no. there was a presser today. It just happened, like, not too long ago. And, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, thank you. Sorry about that. Jesus. Uh, not in the studio. Yeah, Sorry. It's supposed to be on silent. Uh, there we go. That's it's my computer. Damn. That came from my computer. Anyway. Goddamn apples. Uh, <laughs> so XFL coming back. What do you think? Uh, it's, I don't know. I, I got to read into it. I'm not really interested. It's NFL or die, fam. Yeah. Well, did you like it the first time around? No, I, I didn't. It's terrible? It was whatever. I don't know. It wasn't <laughs> interesting. It wasn't interesting <laughs> to me. Anyway, we'll see. They say this time there it's not going to be anything affiliated with the uh, with uh, wrestling because you know how before they had like wrestling commentators yeah. and all that nonsense. But okay, um, so we got a great show in store for you today. Yes, sir. We got Habs talk, of course. Amy Johnson, yes. who covers the Laval Rocket, is our guest. The Laval Rocket. We have a new segment to Ooh. introduce and a revamped segment as well. We're keeping it interesting for the fans. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so let's get into it. Jonathan Drouin had his best game as a Hab. One goal, two assists, 73% on the faceoffs, and a plus two, and he was the first star of the game. Mm-hmm. Is this a sign of things to come? I wouldn't say it's a thing to expect or a thing to come in the future, but um, it's definitely something to be happy about. It's good to see when a player always becomes uh, has a good game. Um, if Drew M can become almost a point-per-game player, like I expect him to become, should we get the long-coveted um, top center we need, I think he will become a consistent 25-goal scorer and a solid uh, put up solid 60 to 70 points a season. Mm-hmm. 
His face-off percentage was good, but I still think we need to play him on the wing and go get that top center player. Three points last night was definitely great to see, but I uh, wouldn't expect that too often from him. Yeah. Yeah. How about yourself? I'm saying yes. Really? The playoff dreams are alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> but listen, one thing I will say is maybe my workup call. Uh, work up, wake wake up, up call. Wake up call. Yeah, I gave him a wake yeah. up call. Maybe it actually worked. Okay. But, uh, guys, it's all relaxed. It's one game, huh? Uh, let's see what he does tonight. I hate recording on game days, but he, they mm-hmm. are playing today. So let's see what he does tonight. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to see that he finally looked like the guy we all expected him to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We knew the talent he has, and we've seen it in spurts. Okay? Yeah. Now, the best thing about that game, I think, was his face-off percentage. Yeah. Okay, that was probably the most encouraging stat line. Maybe they finally listened to the boys at Habs Unfiltered and hired a face-off coach. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. But at the end of the day, though, I'm going to stay hard on my stance. I still believe this guy's a winger. Okay, but I do agree with Mark uh, Bergevin, and I'm not defending him, but I think that it's kind of embarrassing, actually, that he really is our best option at that position. Yeah. Okay. The JDLR experiment didn't even last two periods. It was terrible. They were hemmed in their own zone the whole time. Uh, But out of the people who are allowed to play center, hashtag free Chucky, Mm -hmm. uh, Drewan is the best option. Yeah. He really is. So at this point in the season, I think it's time to let the dogs loose. Let Let JD finish the season as a center. Okay. Let him work on his game, and who knows? If it's terrible outcome, the next season, try him on the wing. Okay? You got yeah. nothing to lose. But uh, at this point, you know, just let him do his thing. Maybe with no pressure, he turns into uh, top center. You never know, right? Mm-hmm. So another thing I liked about the game was uh, it seemed Drew N, he really got up for that game. Yeah. You know, it, it sucks, though, that it had to take him playing his former buddy, his former line mate, for him to actually get up for a game. Like, bro, the rest of the game's counted. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What's wrong with you? But anyway, sick of pointing fingers, making excuses. The season is over for this team. So let's uh, enjoy the ride. And there's a lot of work to do. Keep moving, keep growing, mm-hmm. keep learning. See you at work. Now, another guy. This is kind of something uh, that popped in my mind. I was talking to one of our other buddies. and um, Who? Who are you talking Scuba to? Scuba Steve. Oh, yeah? And... Uh, I was thinking, with Jeff Petrie stepping up and playing all these top minutes, should we consider trading him? Or do you see him a part of the future? I'm, I'm kind of in the gray area with Jeff Petrie. I mean, if we can get a good return for him, like a desperate playoff team overpays, I would be willing to part ways with him. He's, uh, he's on a decent deal. Got a cap hit of 5.5 per year until mm-hmm. 2021. But at the same time, um, he would he would eventually, he, I, I think he could be a good veteran presence to have, to have develop guys like Yerbeck, Mete, Juleson eventually. Basically any young D-man that are, that's coming up through the Habs team and mm-hmm. Habs organization. So I'm going to say... Trade him if you can get a top prospect 
preferably a defensive prospect and a first rounder. Then take that deal if you have not, or if if not, you have him for a mentor type role over the next three seasons. You have him because yeah. we only paid what two was it two second rounders for him or. I believe something like that. Second and a third, something. So if you can get, if you can flip him for a first rounder, you already win. Yeah. Right. So if you can get a first rounder plus a prospect, I think you do that deal. But um, if you don't make that deal unless you're getting something better than what you gave up for him, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but do you you don't see him part of the core? I don't see him part of the core, but I see him as like a mentor role if you don't decide to trade him. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, this kind of intrigues me because I know. You know, people... I know you shouldn't really create holes in the lineup, mm-hmm. right? But I think right now, this is probably the highest that his stock will ever be. And if you can get something good for him, I would do it. I mean, it all depends on, like you said, on the return, of course, right? Uh, you're you're obviously going to be getting a forward, right, in return, but, I mean, I'm listening, man. I'm listening to offers. I think the main reason I'm thinking about this is because I look at a guy like Jacob Yerebek, right? Mm-hmm. And he looks like a guy who can slot into the second pair role eventually. All right, we have a guy like Victor Mete who, who's really coming into his own, and now we got to get a puck-moving D-man to play with Weber. Yeah. All right, I know this is all easier said than done, but, I mean... With the inconsistencies of, of Jeff Petrie, and he's supposed to be that second pairing guy, but he really never, you know, he never really fit into that. And I mean, if the return is big enough, I would more than consider trading him. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now he's docking a lot of minutes. So you wait until he strings together a couple good games playing as a number one D man for our team, and you shop his ass, man. Shop it. I think that th- that is probably one of the assets that we can afford to give up mm-hmm. because we look at him as a puck moving D man, but yet we look at our team and say, we need a puck moving D man. So obviously he's not doing the job. We know we have a guy in Jacob Yerbeck who's slowly improving and you can see he's good. Slowly Victor Mete. So I think that this is a guy we can kind of just let him go. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can get the proper. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not saying give him away for free, but I would listen because it, Right now, he's docking a lot of minutes. He's, he's our top guy. I mean, if he strings together a couple good games, his stock is pretty high. There's a lot of teams looking for some D-men, and he'll probably won't, they won't need him to be their number one if they're going into the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they'll need him to be number two depth guy who, who can add a little bit of offense. You could see, you know, that goal that he, he set up, you know, with Drew N. You could see that he has the ability to do it. He just hasn't been able to stay consistent. So Yeah. I'm saying definitely on my list of guys that I would be willing to give up. Fair enough. Speaking of giving up guys, Captain Max Pacioretti. Maximilian. Maximilian. <laughs> uh, catching fire, you know, Captain Max does it again. You know, as soon as you count him out, yeah, he comes right back. So does this change your mind on a potential trade? Okay, like I said before, Patches... Scores in bunches. This hot streak is coming at the perfect time with the trade deadline fast approaching. Uh, it's approaching in a month, I believe. I think it's February 26th or 28th, one of those two. Um, I think it helps our team a lot to trade him. 
In my opinion, he'll fetch a lot more than Duchesne did if Bergevin plays his cards properly. So I think right now, regardless of how he's playing, you trade him at the deadline. Um, it just so happens to help his trade value because right now he's got seven goals in eight games. So hopefully he can keep up the pace and uh, we can get a King's Ransom for him. You think we can get it, though? Yeah, why not? I mean, he's more. if you look at it, he's more valuable than Duchesne in my eyes. He's proven, yeah, but he's center, proven, but he's you know, proven, centers centers are, are more valuable, for, more valuable. But he's a proven thirty goal scorer. Yeah, he's hot right now. He's got a very good deal for another year. I think we can get more than what we got. What Duchesne yeah. fetched. Uh, okay, so I mean, right now the way I look at, it, I look at it a little bit different. I mean, yeah, of course, his stock I think is high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never really wanted to trade him for the record, but I mean, if you're getting a boatload, yeah, I'm in. But the one thing is, is I'm in no rush. Okay, mm-hmm. all I know is you can make that deal if the deal is right. The deal. Okay, at the deadline, at the draft, next year, even tomorrow, I'll make the deal if the return is right. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way you have to approach this. Okay, it can't be no question marks when you make that deal. Yeah. Okay, because, you know, like, it can't be like a blind date, okay, <laughs> where mm-hmm. you, you show up and you think you're, you're, you know, you're going with the Foxy Roxy, but instead you get Roseanne, oh, okay? Roseanne. <laughs> uh, and uh, shout out Roseanne. Roseanne's coming back. Yeah. Uh, if you guys like that stuff. So um, I ain't even, you know, I'm not even hating on Roseanne. I'm sure she's a fine lady, but, you know, she's just not my type. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all I'm saying is <laughs> this ha- it has to be a no risk I know what I'm getting type of deal. Yeah. Okay, it's got to have a lot of promise. I mean, it can't be a uh, you know, a, a, a freaking to be determined slash, you know, we've had enough of those over the years. Yeah. We've had enough of those. So we need to be sure. 100% sure if we make that trade. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh, all right. So is this the worst? And this was sparked by a conversation that I had on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And just back and forth chirping with fans and stuff like that. And Yeah. And one fan said that this is the worst team that he's seen since the 2000s. That's when he started watching. Is this the worst team that you've ever witnessed? If not, which team was worse? Okay, so what do you mean? Like, are you talk, talking statistically or just strictly roster? Just the worst team. Just like, in general? Yeah, just worst, like, okay. roster-wise. Well, because right now, as is, they are projected to tie the 2011-2012 Montreal Canadiens, which would be 78 points. So I think roster-wise, as a whole, I don't think we're the worst, but I think defensively, on the defensive side of the roster, I think we're probably the weaker that we've been in a very long time. Um, You have guys like Joe Morrow in and out of the lineup. We don't have a definitive top four Mm -hmm. where you put those four players that that you would consider our top floor floor, four anywhere else, and they would battle for top four minutes. You put our guys on any other team, I think besides Petrie and Weber, there's no one that will really crack a top four. I mean, you could argue Mete in the future, but I don't believe 
Mete right now is able to crack a top four. Um, Yurebeck in the future, I think, will be able to as well. Yeah. Alsner should be a top four, but he's Alsner. Um, yeah, he's he'll be a top four on another team in the AHL. <laughs> <laughs> he's been, I mean, he's been a little better as of late, but still yeah, bring towards yeah. the bottom pairings. Just a pinch. Um, so I guess in short, I don't think it's our, as a whole, it's our, it's our worst team. I think the 2011, 2012 team as a whole was worse. Okay. But which do you know, what, what team was that? That's the team where we finished bottom and then we ended up getting third overall that year. That was price out injured though, right? Which year was price injured? Uh, no, I don't think that no, was price. No, that wasn't price. That was the year after, I believe. Oh, Okay. Where you're talking about where um, Condon ended up playing is out of his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the year after. Okay. Well, you need a, you should have these facts, Gibbs. What was the roster? 2011, 2012. Okay, you want me to pull it up? Yeah, of course. You should have had this prepared. Sorry. <laughs> We're here to inform. Whatever, man. You keep going. <laughs> uh, well, we can't. Give your opinion. We can't keep going. I'll fire it off after. <laughs> Oh, Gibby I had I I read the roster I just didn't Have it Okay, so Okay So we had Mike Blunden Right there Terrible He's a beauty No We had Rene Bork Terry We had Peter Budai Whatever We had Mike Camilleri Fine, he Whatever Chris Campoli Hmm Oh yeah, okay. I remember this season now. Yeah, Eric Cole. Eh, he didn't. I don't think. I think this was that the year was like, he yeah. had the off year. Yeah. Um, Matthew Darsh. Come on. Yeah, I remember David that. David yeah. Deharnay, whatever. Little Davy. Rafael Diaz, Gabriel Dumal, Lars Eller, Alex Alexei Yemelin, um, Blake Jeffreyon. Remember him? Boom, boom. Yeah, slow. yeah, yeah. Um, Hal Gill, Brian Gianta. Scott Gomez, Josh Georges, Thomas Caverly, Andre Kostitsin, Louis LeBlanc, Andre Markov, Travis Moen, um, Nicol, uh, P- Pateri Nikolainen. Pateri Nikolainen. Yeah, Max Pacioretty, Aaron oh, yeah. Pelushai, Thomas Blakanik, Carey oh, Price, oh, yeah. Yuroslav Spacek, Frederick St. Denis, Brad Stobitz. Remember him? Brad Stobitz, yeah, we bought that. Yeah, we, we picked up Traded that fighter. Him. He was terrible. P.K. Subban, Yannick Weber, and Ryan White. Yeah, okay, that was a bad team. Yeah. That, that, team, so was, that, <laughs> that team was worse than, than this team for sure. Yeah, and Carey Price played 65 games that year, so it wasn't when no, he was No, it injured. wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that year. Yeah, 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 that team was worse for sure. And when I think about it, I think about the 2000-2001 team. And th- that team finished. The roster? They f- that team finished twenty eight and forty. Okay, leading scorer was Brian Savage with twenty one <laughs> points. Okay, you could argue we had a number one center, Saku Koivu, but really he was probably a number two center. What year was that? That's two thousand two thousand one. But the blue line: Markov, we had Surrey, uh, Robida, uh, Craig Rave. Frankie Bouillon. That blue line was better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That blue line was better than than the one we have now. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is not the yeah. worst team we've had, and we still have a lot of young talent. Like that team you named, like that was that was terrible. That was those young guys were terrible. I mean, that was a bad team. Yeah. 
you know, and uh, I mean, it's not the worst team, but maybe the be- the worst defense we had in years for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's debatable, debatable. It's it's a valid point. I can't argue. Like I can't really tell nobody you're crazy because they're not that far off. Of course, you can argue it, right? Yeah, you know. So they're not that far off, but uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely uh, up there with some of the worst teams. Top five. Yeah. Oh, definitely in the top five. For sure. Uh, okay. So uh, we're going to uh, take a break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lewis. And hi, I'm Gibby. And together we are Have a Listen. Do you need something to listen to on the go? Do ya? Well, do we have something for you. Subscribe to Have a Listen, the podcast on iTunes. A new episode will be available on Wednesday nights almost every week. Wow, every week, Gibby? Well, not every week, but almost. Oh, but what if I don't have an iPhone? No problem. You don't say. Tell me more, Gibby. Have a Listen is also available on SoundCloud, which could be accessed at allhabs.net. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, it is, Lewis. Yes, it is. Have a listen. The podcast. All right. Next, we have the lead correspondent at the AHL Report, and she gives you full-time credentialed coverage of the Laval Rocket. You can also follow her on Twitter at Flyers Rule, Amy Johnson. Welcome to the show. It's so great to be here, and please don't hold my Twitter handle against me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they don't really rule. <laughs> I always have to. No, we won't. I, I always have to, you know, have that disclaimer out there that you know people need to understand. I've I've born and raised, and currently still live in Eastern Pennsylvania. So Flyers always came first, but Habs soon became equal, if not uh, more, in the fandom. So. Okay, good. As long as long as, as yeah, as long as you can admit that, then we're, I think we'll be okay. Absolutely, it's all, it's just bad when they play each other. Then you know, like the 2010 conference finals, but we won't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Was that Michael Layton? Oh God, Is that Michael Layton. Yes, here? yes. Let's 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 not. Yeah, that that'll forever haunt us. That will forever haunt us. Um, uh, okay, we gotta since you're from the Philly area, we gotta ask you the hype about cheese steaks. Is it real? Like, oh, how good are cheesesteaks oh from Philly? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're, you're opening with, like, a subject near and dear to my heart. <laughs> a, I live, if I don't live for hockey, I live for food and, and, I, and not salads. Um, <laughs> cheesesteaks. We can respect that. Believe me, we can respect that. <laughs> Excellent. Like, I am not like a, oh, I think I'll have a salad kind of girl. No, I'm like, I have um, a salad and eight steaks. Um <laughs> cheesesteaks there the hype is real the hype the hype is completely real um and and everywhere i have ever gone in the states in canada no matter where i have traveled on this planet anyone who tries to say oh we have recreated an authentic philadelphia cheese no you haven't no yeah (laughs) no just stop you haven't (laughs) um no they're they're absolutely delicious they're horrible for you um they're just fatty and beefy and cheesy and you got to have fried onions in there and a little whiz, yeah. a little whiz yeah. whiz. Every, everything that's absolutely delicious we know is bad for us, but yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you have to, well, and there's two places to go in 
Philly, people will tell you there's like six different places you can choose from. But Pat's and Geno's are the two mainstays, of course. And I can't talk to you if you're a Geno's fan. So <laughs> where Rocky Balboa got his cheesesteak is Pat's. And that's where I get my cheesesteaks. So. All right. That sounds great. So we, I'm, I'm going to write that down for sure. Absolutely. Geno's has like all <laughs> neon light. Like they make up for, it's like they're trying to make up for crappy cheesesteaks by having oh, okay. neon lights. So they got, the, they got the nice scenery and a nice vibe to yeah. the place. And but... across the street, Pat's looks like it's going to just, the earth's going to open up and swallow it whole. And <laughs> that's, those are the best so, yeah, those are best always spots. the best. The ones they are kind of run down. Those are usually the best spots. I know. That's right. That's right. You pull up and, and I'm never shy. I'm not scared of those places. Some people are like, no, I don't trust it. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's the best place to go. Dirt makes it good. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So back on to <laughs> hockey. I think that's why we're here. This was a food podcast, Chris. <laughs> yeah. um, so I know you're always around the team. So what do you have in store for this weekend? This weekend, um, they are actually in the middle of um, a lengthy homestand. They've only actually... Uh, they were on the road the first weekend of the month. Um, and so I was on the road covering them for that, but they've been home the rest of the month. They just played one quick away game in Belleville last weekend. But, um, so they're at home this week. They just, uh, actually had a pretty disappointing loss last night, uh, against the Syracuse crunch who, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And unfortunately it, Syracuse was icing, I think 10 rookies last night because they have so many injuries and call-ups. I think their broadcaster said that the average age of the team they iced last night, not including the goaltender was 21.6 years old. Wow. And they, the AHL, that's, yeah, that's young. <laughs> and, uh, they lost to them. So, <laughs> um, and, and now going into this weekend, they have a, they have a back-to-back Friday and Saturday night against Manitoba, who is just absolutely on fire this year. Um, the Winnipeg Jets have a really deep, really deep system. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, they're going to really need to buckle down if, if they're going to get through this weekend with four points, which they desperately need. Yeah. And it's also, is it All-Star? They, they have their All-Star weekend as well, Yes, right? and then All-Star break is this weekend, so I will be on the road uh, for that. Uh, Rick Stevens will be on the road uh, covering that as well. It's in Utica this year. Uh, uh-huh. So we will be covering the skills competition on Sunday night um, in Utica, and then the uh, the way they do the All-Star, it's not really one big All-Star game. They do kind of a three-on-three tournament style. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and so that'll be Monday night. So both of those are being broadcast uh, in Canada on Sportsnet. Uh, in the U.S., it's on NHL Network. Um, so I highly recommend people tuning in. It's pretty fun. Um, and the AHL sends all of their mascots as well from all the teams. And they, oh. yeah, that's like even <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's even more fun than just watching <laughs> watching those so guys listen, if, all be. Stupid if you don't together. like the hockey, at least tune in for the mascots. Absolutely, because right? <laughs> they all just rail on each other, and it's like it's like WWE for hockey. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we uh, yes, we'll be there. Uh, Matt Tarmina will be there for the Laval Rock right now chris terry is also supposed to be there but that's in question depending on whether or not he can get back from his injury before the all-star break um right so we're hoping fingers crossed um but we'll be there covering them all weekend and doing some live video stuff on twitter and photographs and interviews and, and all that kind of fun stuff that's awesome 
tune in, people. Believe me, I the AHL. I've watched uh, previous ones, and it's actually fun. It's it's good. It's but be- I think it's better than the NHL. I think it, I actually agree. And you can watch the NHL skills competition, which I think is the better one, on Saturday night, and then tune in for the AHL. Yeah, stuff. you know, I always watch the skills comp for the NHL. I never watch the game. It's so boring. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's boring. They don't try, so it's kind of like yeah. No, they don't. Well, and the, you know, there's no hitting and what. That's why I like the the way the AHL does it with the three on three mini tournaments because then at least you're getting fast three on three hockey. Yeah, I think the NHL did it too. Didn't they do that one year? The three on three. I think they did. Well, they should. Anyway, that's how much I watch it. I don't exactly. even know. <laughs> I can't even answer my own question. Uh, okay, so back to business. Um, so with the recent injury at the center position. Hmm. In Montreal. In Montreal. Uh, and the recent acquisition of Logan Shaw, <laughs> it kind of speaks to the center depth in the organization. Do you see anybody in Laval, in Laval, sorry, at, at the center position that uh, might be able to step up eventually? Well, see, here's here's the thing, and this is where Amy's going to get cranky. <laughs> <laughs> Amy's going to get cranky. Um I, I really don't understand the purpose of going out and getting a Logan Shaw. I really don't uh-huh. get it. Uh, you've got Mike McCarron sitting down on Laval doing doing well. He's not having the season he had last year, but that's also because they're having him play a different kind of role. He's he's on more of a, a shutdown, hard forechecking second line with Yannick Veu and uh, Jeremy Gregoire. Um, so he's not, and he, and he has told, he's, he's told me straight out in interviews, you know, I've been told when I come up to Montreal, I'm, they don't expect me to be a points guy. Um, so they're, they're transitioning him to a different kind of role a little bit, but that doesn't mean that he can't transition to the NHL. Um, you know, he knows he needs to work on his skating, but as far as Logan Shaw, I don't see Logan Shaw doing anything that Mike McCarron can't be doing. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, sorry if I can just step in yeah. for a sec. When when he was sent down the first time, Mike McCarron, I, I really didn't think that he played bad enough to be sent down. I th- I was actually happy with a lot of the things he was doing. I didn't really understand why he got sent down. I don't. Th- I was kind of shocked by that. Yeah, I don't think anyone did. I mean, suddenly he's, his, that whole fourth line would just started seeing their ice time getting drastically cut, and then he was just unceremoniously dumped in Laval again. Um I you know I I I really don't know I don't I don't know if they were expecting him to be a points producer and then rethought that I I really I have no explanation and I don't I don't know that he had one either as as to as to what happened there but if if they could call him up and give him a real shot like they have given Nick Delorier a real shot like they mm-hmm. for whatever reason they're giving Byron Fraze a real shot who yeah, hasn't I done anything that one just, I don't get it I still don't get it I I, I don't understand that at all um. You know, Laval needs their captain. Why would you give him a C and then take him away for the whole like the whole season? I I don't get it. And they're doing the same thing with with Della Rose and with Carr. Um, you know, those guys get a glimpse of a shot on a on a line with 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 actual line mates, and when they don't score seven goals in five shifts, they get benched and sent to the press box again. Um, I mean, it's very doable. It is. You could do that. You could. <laughs> you got to have goals, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, McCarron's one that, if they gave him a shot, he could he could be a solution for them, even if it's just on the fourth line. Um, I, 
due to his age, Adam Cracknell isn't going to, I don't think he's going to see a call up, but he's offensively been one of the biggest generators, especially with Chris Terry on that first line with, with Terry and Sherback. Um, he's, right. he's and he, been, is he playing center? Yes. He's playing center. Um, okay. and he's on the power play. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's just lighting it up ever since, ever since his trade, um, against with Peter Holland. Um, and then when you go a little further into the depth from that, I would say Dan Audette could eventually at some point, maybe. Yeah, that was a name that I thought of at first. Yeah. I, because I look at that lineup all the time. I'm like, maybe maybe Dan Audette. Maybe Dan Audette. And right now with Chris Terry injured, Dan Audette is playing left wing on the first line. Um, and he's he's good at capitalizing on, on, on a right setup. Um, he's got a lot of speed, but he's small. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not consistent defensively, especially in his own end. Um, and so there's... He fits right in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he really does. He's <laughs> just perfect. And I'm sure he would be a media darling um, being being up in Montreal. I think it'll yeah. be a while till he gets there. But he could, if if he could get some consistency and if he could stay on the puck, um, maybe at some point. I'd say my sleeper pick at, at center would be Marcus Eisenschmidt. Mm, the best name too. Absolutely, um, <laughs> he's he's got a lot of talent. That uh, due to due to injuries, the last couple of years, a lot of people haven't had a chance to see yet. But but eventually, I think he could get there. All right, interesting. So there you go. People got some stuff to think about, and they should tune in. I I, I recommend watching some of the Laval Rocket games. They play great hockey. It's, good. it's fun hockey. Yeah, no, I've watched. Uh, I've tuned in, and it's, I enjoy it a lot. So besides the popular names, you know, like Sherback, Jolson, McCarrens, mm-hmm. who's the most underrated player mo- in Laval? Mm, the most underrated. Uh, well, I would have to say there's a few. Okay. There's a few. I'm going to give you a couple of D-men and I'm going to give you a couple of forwards. Um, Eisenschmidt is one of them on the, on the forwards. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of it is due to, like I said, he's he's been sidelined with injury a lot of the last couple of years. But um, this kid works really hard. His his he skates really well. Um, and when you watch him play, he just he he reads plays like you wouldn't believe. And he's he's reliable. Um, just has good positioning. Uh, has a has a wicked shot. Um, I I have always really enjoyed watching Eisenschmidt play. Um, but Jeremy Gregoire, I think, is probably one of the most underrated forwards that Laval has. Um, he's he's a quiet guy off the ice. You know, he's very even even in interviews. He's just he's a very quiet guy. Um, okay. And last season, he really kind of broke out of that a bit on the ice and he started to be a very physical player. Um, and he's he's developed that even further this particular season. He's just he's tough. He hits hard. He skates hard. He plays hard. He's, uh, you know, he's good defensively, but he's got an incredible shot. Uh, he's a great setup guy. Um, I, I, I really think, I really think if he keeps going the way that he's going, uh, I, I think he could really make an impact um, down the line. On the nice. on the defensive side, I would have to say Tom Parisi and Brett Lernout. And Learnout, Learnout doesn't always get a fair shake. You know, he comes up, he gets a call up, and, you know, he's got a skate blade that's not working right and <laughs> has a horrible, horrible first period uh, in his first game this season. And, and people are just so quick to, to dump on him. Um, he's, he's, a, 
he's a hard nosed, big frame, stay at home defenseman. That's uh-huh. that's what Brett Lernout does. Um, he hits hard. He gets in guys' faces, but he's very smart. He's very smart defensively. Um, he makes the big plays uh, in in front of the net, and um, I I have always been very impressed with him. Um, he's he's a he's a and he's he's a he's a good team guy too. He's a good character guy in, in the locker room, and Tom Parisi just works hard. Um, Tom Parisi never stops working, and he and Juleson paired together this season have have been. I think they feed off of each other. They've been uh-huh. consistently paired together uh, ever since Juleson came back from his injury, and and they complement each other very well. Tom Tom really works hard, um, and you know while he's kind of showing Juleson the ropes a little bit, I think Juleson brings out the best in in Parisi as well. Um, so I would I would say that those four are probably probably the most underrated guys that Habs fans probably haven't heard much about. Um, uh-huh but I think they will in, in coming seasons. Yeah. You see, for me, I, I like, you know, I think right now was a bad time for Brett Lernout to come in. It's just because we have, we don't have the speed on defense. Right. And that, I think he, he struggles with the speed change. Yes, he does. That's what I've noticed. Right. So I think that, that it's going to take, it's an adjustment period, right? You can't just expect him to come in one game, especially how bad the team has been. Oh God. Yes. It's, it's, it's tough for him. Absolutely. Um, one one note I should make about, uh, you know, just, just as an example for Jeremy Gregoire, um, he's played in 31 games so far this season. He's had five goals, 11 assists, and is plus 10 on the season. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not a, pro- I'm not a proponent of just reading a stat sheet, but that's, that's one, that's one person that you can read. This well, you watch the games, so. Well, yes. <laughs> you know, exactly. You watch every game, I so do. we're going to take your word. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's got uh, really good stats. Great. Okay, so you touched a little bit on him, and I, I'm sure a lot of the Habs fans, this is the sexy name, Noah Jolson. Oh, Noah right? Jolson, yes. This is the guy, you know, <laughs> what have you seen from him so far this season? Jolson's going to be an NHL defenseman. There's there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, first, well, have seen, and have seen him in a number of different settings, not, you know, the rookie tournament have seen him there. Um, but last season he got brought up to the ice caps, um, while they were making their playoff run, uh, while, well, they had already made the playoffs, their playoff series against Syracuse. He gets mm-hmm. called up, um, and gets put right into a game, into a play. And, and keep in mind that first round in the AHL, uh, is a best of five series. So every game really counts and he gets thrown right in. Um, and I remember we interviewed him after, um, after that game. And he was, he, he even said, I didn't think I was going to play when I came up here. I, you know, I can't believe the coaches. I appreciate that the coaches had the confidence to put me in. Um, and he seems to have picked up this year right where he left off from those, from that playoff series. When he played in, in those two playoff games, he looked like he had been on the team all season. He fit right in fit right into the system, didn't miss a step. And he's, he's done that again this season. He's consistent. He's really strong, very smart positioning. He always knows where the puck is going to end up and where he needs to be. He doesn't try to overplay. He does what he's supposed to do and does it reliably. Um, he had some, he actually had some really good chances last night, um, in a, on a night when the rest of the defense didn't look so great. Um, so he's got one goal and one assist. 
So he's not really a points guy. He's not he's a points guy. He's more like a steady, yep. steady stay-at-home kind of guy, Abs- right? Absolutely. But there's there's no doubt in my mind he's he's going to – he could, depending on how the rest of the season goes and how his summer workout goes, he could contend for a roster spot next year depending on what – I bet you he's better than Carl Alsner for sure. I would <laughs> – I'd bet my <laughs> – I bet a lot of people are better than Carl. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. So that, that's a positive thing. I know I, I'm excited. I know a lot of Habs fans are excited to see mm-hmm. what this kid can do. And from what I've heard and from what I've seen, um, it's positive things. I think I, I agree with you. I think that we will see him in the near future. Absolutely. All right. So that was awesome. Thank you so much, Amy, yes. for joining us. Thanks and for I'm having sure this me. Is not, oh, no. It's a pleasure for us, and uh, it's an honor. And uh, we will have you on again for sure. Awesome. Amy. I definitely look forward to it. All right. Thanks again to Amy Johnson. Yes. For joining us on the show. So I know she did a habit prediction, but we are no longer doing habit prediction. At all. It's done. We shut it down. Because we don't track our predictions. So I have a new segment. It's Mm -hmm. called, Do You Have the Answers? Whoa. Do you have the answers? And I'm going to give you a multiple choice question every week, and you're going to answer it. Wow. So here's your first one. (laughs) Why are the Vegas Knights so successful so far this year? A. George McPhee's initials are G-M. It's a sign. George McPhee, G-M. Ooh. B, Gerard Gallant. He's just got the boys going. What do you say? (laughs) Eh? Yeah. C, the accommodations to the visiting teams are a little too good, if you know what I mean. (laughs) D, it's just the element of surprise slash beginner's luck. A, George McPhee's initials are GM. A. a. Gerard Gallant just got the boys a. going. What do you say? The accommodation a. to the visiting teams are a little too good, if you know what I mean. And the a. element of surprise slash beginner's luck. A little bit of A, little bit of D. What do you see? <laughs> that's, that's your answer. That's my answer. So you think that it's just meant to be. This, is the, this was the GM sent from the heavens. Yeah, I think. George McPhee, GM. He did a good job. I mean, the NHL kind of, Gary Bettman kind of gave him. Well, they did change the format a little. Yeah. But he kind of gave him a little bit of uh, an extra push. You think? Yeah, I think uh, GM's kind of panicked a little bit and protected guys. GM's must be pissed. Like, yeah. like, like, how is this team with all that? rejects from other teams doing better than us. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. All right, moving on now. Andy. It is time for Tweets of the Week. What you got? All right, well, I got, it's kind of, it's a Tweet of the Week, but it's kind of a question for you, and I want to get, I wanted to, we never discussed this before. Okay. So Sportsnet tweeted, if it was up to you, would Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? What do you would you put them in if it was up to you? Would you put Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame? Mm, that's a that's that's a good question. Uh, I'm I mean I think eventually they it, they will go in, and I think eventually they should go in. Uh, but definitely they 
are at a slight disadvantage because of the cheating, I would say. But yeah, I think eventually they will. So up to you, you would. Yeah, I will eventually. Yeah. It's gonna get like they're gonna stay on there for a while. Mm-hmm. It's gonna wear a little thin. Yeah, the names and they'll they will get on, but not ahead of the guys who truly earned it. So okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna let the viewers know my personal perspective as well. The viewers or listeners? Listeners, viewers, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. YouTube channel coming soon. No. <laughs> um. Yes, they took steroids. Okay. okay. Yes, it hype it heightened their game, but for a batter, you need to put the bat on the ball properly. Right. Right. No, so I know. I that's know. a skill, and I think a hitter is more. At a, I think a, I think a pitcher is more at a, an advantage on steroids than a hitter would be. So if there were to be, if it was chosen between them two, I think I would pick Barry Bonds over Roger Clemens. Yeah, strictly for the reason that it takes more skill to hit the ball than it is to pitch the ball. With pitching, you have that extra velocity being on steroids. Yes, you can say with hitting, still takes some technique, but it takes more technique in my eyes. So yeah. Um, I would put them both in the in the Hall of Fame strictly because it's it's a it's it takes skill to hit a ball, it takes skill to pitch a ball, regardless of being on performance enhancing drugs. I'm I'm against performance enhancing drugs, but I still think that they should be in the Hall. Yeah, of yeah, fame. no, I can agree. I can, I, and they will. I think they will eventually. Okay, what's your tweet of the week? Okay, mine is pretty funny. So this all what's happened your? on uh, Sunday, Championship yeah. Sunday. There. Okay. Uh, Leonard Fournette mm-hmm. is the truth was tweeted out by Lil Wayne, but this was in 2013. So this was like when Leonard Fournette was probably still in college playing. Yeah, he and was. and so somebody retweeted that because of when he scored that touchdown and he just bulldozed his way into the end zone. Mm-hmm. So somebody tweeted Leonard Fournette is the truth. So for some reason I don't know why I just started going through the the comments mm-hmm. and then I seen some chick. Uh, in the comments, tweeting at Little Wayne, okay, and it this is what it reads: Little Wayne, please, I need sixty million, please. I'm from Morocco. In two March, please, I need some money, please. <laughs> Hello, I need sixty million, please. In two March, two thousand fourteen, please, Little Wayne, I'm from Morocco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then it said, "What Leonard Fournette?" Like, she's asking, what's Leonard Fournette? Yeah. <laughs> Little Tunchi, please. I need 60 million, please. I'm from Morocco, please. <laughs> okay. And then, <laughs> hi, I love your song. <laughs> <laughs> like, trying to, like, okay, you know, let me just try, try to get butter to them t- up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And I, I just stumbled upon this, and I'm like, is this? Serious? <laughs> she just kept going, like, and it's not even like sixty thousand, maybe six thousand, six hundred, sixty million dollars. <laughs> that's a lot. What's of his money. net worth? Like, I don't even think that's his net worth. I don't know, but like, please, I'm from Morocco. Please, there's some interesting. Like, if have you ever seen, um, like, some people tweet at celebrities, like, yeah, like Justin no, Bieber, I like, know, I know. Oh, I want to suck your big. I'm not yes, gonna go there, yeah, but yeah, you know, that, yeah, I know. Yeah, and I just I don't know what. 
uh, urged me to to just scroll through. Sometimes you just do it. <laughs> but and it's I perfect. did. Like I want to see what people were thinking of Leonard Fournette back then, really. But then yeah. I ran into this, and <laughs> it just made me laugh. You can't make this stuff up, people. You can't. All right, so you know we're getting into the fun part of the show here. So it's our new segment. Hmm. And pretty much, this is kind of like a jackass of the week or somebody who's just an idiot. And we're going to call it, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. Who are you punching in the face this week, Gibbs? This week, I'm punching Brad Marchand. Ooh. The guy, he's, I don't get it. He's such a skilled, he's such a good player, but he's just such a goon. His elbow on... um, who was it? Ryan Johansson. Um, this week was it Ryan Johansson? No, no, not Ryan Johansson. It was, was it? Uh, Marcus Johansson. Marcus Johansson. There we go. Thank you. Um, his elbow on him, his slew footing, his his spearing to the groin. Like it's just like what are you doing? Yeah, really. Like what are you doing? Why are you like you're such a good player? Just stick to playing hockey. Stop being such a little pest. There's you can be a pest, but then there's just being an asshole. Okay? Yeah. Brendan Gallagher's a pest. Brad Marchand is an asshole. Yeah. So for that, Brad Marchand, I'm punching you square in the nose. That terrible, <laughs> terrible nose. Yeah. I have to agree. I'm punching him too. Oh, that's two. That's and two black uh, guys. you know, I don't I don't think you can consider yourself a Habs fan if you don't take any opportunity <laughs> to punch that big nose, Mr. Burns looking, all right? Mother scum of a human, Brad Marchant. I mean, if you look at it, it was a blatant, intentional flying yeah. elbow. A play that does not need to happen. It's totally unnecessary. Those are the kind of plays that just cannot happen. Those are the kind of plays that actually deserve a serious retaliation, and I hope he gets his karma. Mm-hmm. For now, take this. <laughs> uh, so, give me a fact. Or fact. What you got for us, Gibbons? It's facts. All right. During a two-week hamstring injury in 1948, the Dodgers secretly replaced Jackie Robinson in the lineup with a white man in blackface named Herschel Morowitz. Whoa. Like, what's the point of that? I forgot to tell you now. What I will do is I'm going to add the booing or the clapping if whether or not I like your, your wow. facts. <laughs> but I like that one. That, that was okay. an interesting one. So I'll give you some claps. Go. Go. 300 million cells die in the human body every minute. <laughs> that's, that's boo. <laughs> Come on. That's interesting. It's just a that, random body fact. That is fact. boo for sure. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, now it's time for us to get into the news. All right. So uh, Carey Price had chronic fatigue to start the season, and Reported. it has caused his blocker side to react slower than the rest of his body. That's a joke, (laughs) but the fatigue part isn't. Price says, I was always tired. A guy who eats well and sleeps well like me isn't supposed to be tired like I was. All right, Pricey. (laughs) Andre Markov gets snubbed by the Russians and does not make the Olympic roster. Mm. 
but Nikita Nesterov makes the team. My questions are, was Mark right for letting Markov go? Was Mark wrong for letting Nesterov go? Is Nesterov doping like his fellow <laughs> countrymen? We all know which one is the most valid question here. Do we or do we not? <laughs> Staying with the Russians, Mikhail Sergachev was a healthy scratch during the Lightning's previous game Monday against the Blackhawks. Sergachev took a four-minute double minor penalty for high sticking and two for unsportsmanlike conduct. So, you know, the youngster, he's been uh, struggling as of late. His offensive production has slowed. Uh, he's just collected four points in his last 15 games. So suck on that, Bergevin haters. Josh Hosang, healthy scratch in Bridgeport recently. My Calder Trophy pick has been called a crybaby and immature by his AHL coach. Doug Waite also weighed in. Get it? Doug Waite. Wade in. Ah. <laughs> he said, it's a crying shame Hosang is not playing with John Tavares, especially when Bales, Josh Bailey, goes down. We had six guys out. It was a perfect opportunity, and Josh should be upset with himself. Yeah, my Calder pick is not looking good at all. <laughs> this is a good one. Pita Tafatofua. He stole wow. the heart of the world back in 2016 when he, was, uh, when he spent the Rio Olympic Opening ceremonies, oiled up and shirtless while, while repping Tonga. Mm -hmm. He competed in Taekwondo at those games. But this year, he'll be back in a much different capacity, a cross-country skier. <laughs> if he does that oiled up and shirtless, that'll be quite impressive. <laughs> Joel Embiid, center for the 76ers, was rejected by Rihanna back in the day. She told him to come back when he was an all-star. Ooh. He was just voted as an all-star starter. Slide in the wow. DM, Joe. When asked about the situation, Embiid said she didn't want me back then, so it's on to the next one. Back then, they didn't want hey. me down, huh? I was all on. <laughs> boy, Embiid. Vladdy Guerrero will enter the MLB Hall of Fame, but he will enter wearing an Angels cap, not Ow. an Expos cap, which is very saddening to a lot of people. But, uh... Who knows, maybe at the end he'll, he'll bust out a Hulk Hogan, rip the shirt off, and have an Expos jersey on underneath. That'd be beauty. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> and that's the news. Now, it's everybody's favorite segment where they get to really find out, uh, you know, personal stuff about, not really personal stuff. <laughs> that was a terrible intro. It's Real Life with Lewis and Gibby. What you got, Gibbs? You want me to go first? Sure. Hopefully this is uh, quick and easy for you. It's you <laughs> kind of got to think. Is that what you say on your first yeah. stage? <laughs> um, okay, so if you were a professional wrestler or MMA fighter, what would your entrance song be? Because I already, hundred percent, already know mine. Wow, that's pretty good. Damn. Yeah. Put me on the spot. I know it's kind of tough. I I, I was kind of nervous to do this, but. You know, like what's your favorite, what's your go-to song? I, I always have a go-to song. Yeah. Okay. What's your song? Tell me. My go-to song, and people don't believe me ever, but my go-to song is The Power of Love by Celine yeah, Dion. Yeah, no, I know it is. <laughs> yeah. So when I work out, I listen to The Power of Love. When I'm feeling down, I listen to The Power of Love. Celine just gets me. I don't get it, but it hypes me up. So 
pre-fight, if I hear that song, I'm smashing faces once I hear that song. Mm-hmm. No, you know so what? that's the, mine. That's pretty valid. Oh, man. It's tough, I know. <sighs> it's tough. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me think here. Give me a second. Uh... It would probably be have to be a, something a little old, older, like, a, and it have to probably be rock. I would think. Really? Yeah, like, cause it's it's like a hype up kind of come into the ring type of song. You know what? I think it it's ah, but you know what? That's not really a wrestling type of song. But it I, doesn't matter. It's what it's you get to choose. Then you know what? It would be "Don't Cry Tonight" by who? <laughs> by Guns N' Roses. Okay. Please don't cry tonight. So that gets you. So that gets you hyped up. Oh, yeah. You yeah, you know, for some reason, it's like slow songs will still get me yeah. hyped up. Like, I don't know why. Like a power of love. Yeah, like it just it gets the emotions running. Don't cry by Guns N' Roses. That's me. That's Good. all me. Okay. Coming. Power slam off the top. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mine is a little more real life situation because I'll probably never end up wrestling ever. You place an order for pickup or it's one of those restaurants where you order then sit. But when you pay, it gives you a tip option. Do you tip? So, what do you mean? Say that again, sorry. You place an order for pickup, okay? Yeah. It's one of those restaurants where you order, oh, then sit, okay. but it's still, like, you're yeah, pretty much yeah, picking yeah. up the food or you're sitting. Like, nobody's no, really not doing nothing, but, and, not but it gives you the option. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, hitting the, I'm hitting the money symbol, and I'm hitting enter with zero, zero, zero. So you're not tipping. No. They what if it's my... a beautiful lady? No, I'm not going to do that. I, so you don't I'm, care. You I'm don't care happy. who's there. I don't care. You don't care who's there. No. What, what is me <laughs> tipping a person going to do? Oh, he tipped me $5. Let's hook up. Okay, but what if they bring you your food? Like, you know, like uh, you order at the thing and you sit down, but they'll bring it to you? No. Do you take that into consideration? No, no? Th- that's their job. Okay. If it was a waitress, okay. if it was like a sit-down restaurant, yeah, of course. You got to tip. Right. Gotta, but, but for, okay, no, because I'll tell you the truth. Usually I don't tip for no, those types no. of situations. Yeah. If I'm sitting down eating, yes, and they're serving you, of yes. Course. But when it's like for pickup or you got to order your food and then sit... And then pick it up at the counter. I usually don't, but I still feel guilty about it. I don't. And I feel like the person serving you looks at gives you. you that look. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just me, or if they really are giving you those evil eyes. Because I mm-hmm. feel like they look down at the machine and they're like, "No tip," <laughs> and they give you those eyes. And that happens to me a lot. Now I'm not trying to be racist here, but I find that a lot of the Asian cuisine places do that. That they offer the tip They thing? offer that tip option. Yeah. Um, not sure why. It's just a scheme. They're running schemes. Yeah, right? I don't know. Fuck those but schemes. I, but I mean, I, mean it's, I guess it's better to have it than not because at least you give the person yeah. that guilt trip or that temptation to do it. Or, hey, there might be the occasional sucker that'd be like, oh, there's a tip option. I'll be nice and tip $5. Yeah, you never know. You yeah. never know. So I guess it works on a lot of people. It doesn't work on me, but... Not I, these. I can't say that the guilt doesn't hit me. Not these guys. Don't fall for those schemes. <laughs> All right. All right. You know what time was it, Gibby? You're terrible at this, man. Your execution is bad. You know what time is it, Gibby? What time is it, Lewis? Weekly Sports Picks. Weekly Sports Picks. Weekly Sports Picks. Sports Picked Weekly. That was not terrible, actually. 
I don't know why you call that terrible. That was good. I actually did it right this time. Go back on the tapes, and I'm telling you, you nah, said something a little good. off. No, it was good. You just... Whatever. You just you're so getting you, a boo. You're, you're just so used. You're lucky you edit, because you know what? <laughs> you'd be getting me. You'd be getting booed. <laughs> so All what's right. up? Uh, okay, so 2-0. and Yeah, we both went 2-0. and Yeah, we both went 2-0. It was a little bounce back week for us, so... Uh, I'm 14-14-1. You're 16-12-1, so two games ahead. Yeah. This week, I will be going with San Jose versus Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. 6-4 for San Jose. Okay. And this is, I believe, a Tuesday game, right? Yeah, because yeah, of yeah, the, the whole... Yeah, they're off this week, so we're both choosing Tuesday games. And then Ottawa versus Carolina. I'm choosing Ottawa to win 4-3. to three. Mm-hmm. Okay. What you got? So I went 2-0, oh, of course. I'm going to go with New Jersey versus Buffalo Tuesday. I'm going to take New Jersey 3-1. And then I'm going to go with Ottawa, Carolina. And I'm going to take Ottawa 2 nothing. Oh, so you took the same game as me. Yeah. Ah. I did. And I chose Ottawa 4-3. Mm-hmm. So we're both either going to win or lose. <laughs> huh? We'll see. <laughs> What's up? What? I, already, I gave my two picks, man. Okay. What, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's uh, nothing more from me. What do you want? <laughs> You're staying overtime. You're editing today. Uh, thank you, guys. That's another episode of Have a Listen, the podcast. The podcast. And, you know, we're going to keep spicing it up. We're going to keep it interesting for all y'all. And, uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next week. See y'all later, guys. See y'all later. Bye. Have a great time.